it's super easy to talk about a business in all the normal terms in terms of yes we've grown 40 percent and we've got this many clients and this many employees yeah it's easy right the harder part actually is senior leaders you know to be probably a bit more open and transparent in how they feel about the place hi i'm belded mankus welcome to the purposeful strategist the podcast that shifts the conversation about purpose and strategy from what organizations should do to what business leaders are doing and what they've learned along the way. In this episode, I'll be joined by Mark Inskip, CEO of Matrix SCM, a technology business that connects workers to work opportunities. He describes how purpose can become unclear when a strong founder moves on and how he and his top team quickly discovered their core purpose. Mark describes the impact this has had on him personally and also shares his views on how to choose a consultant to work with on strategy and purpose. Well, Mark, welcome to the Purposeful Strategist. Um, you're, you're the chief exec at a business called Matrix SCM. I wonder if you could just describe for us what they do and, and also how you see your role in the organization. Uh, yeah, sure. No problem. So, I mean, Matrix are a fairly small business doing quite big things. So we've built a marketplace, a technology platform that in its very simplest form connects workers to work placements, work opportunities. Perhaps the most relatable comparable is like Rightmove in terms of how it operates. And Rightmove connects home buyers to home sellers via agents. We connect workers to work opportunities via agencies. So we don't manage candidates, but we manage the marketplace of 100 plus clients and 1,000 plus suppliers. And we bring them together in a way that makes hopefully both of their lives easier and enables us to connect thousands, tens of thousands of people to work opportunities every year, which is something that I'm proud of and I know the team are very proud of. My role as a chief exec, I'm responsible for the performance and delivery of the business and the business plan and all that kind of thing. I actually see my role as being a couple of things and I try and start it the other way around. So firstly, I think my role is to set the, uh, somebody I used to work with described it as strategic air cover. So set the strategic boundaries, perspectives, challenges around what we're trying to achieve as a business and give the team, my people, the space in which to operate, to kind of work and, and deliver that strategy. So I try and do my best to, to keep the board and the investors and things out of everybody's hair day to day. And I try and stay out of their hair as much as I can to some degree, but I want everybody to be aligned. And we've done some things recently, which we may get to talk about later, that, that helps bring some of that together. So that's part one. And I don't think part two really then is to whatever is required, whether that's challenge, coach, engage, support, console whatever it is right each member of the team to just be as brilliant as they can be because i kind of work on the premise that if every person in the team is being as brilliant as they can be and that the whole team's clear on what we're trying to achieve strategically in the direction we're going in together then everything else should kind of look after itself yeah it doesn't always work but as a general theory that's kind of how i try and see my role and, and where i try and spend most of my energy challenging coaching working with my team and thinking about the business in terms of what it is we're trying to achieve mm -hmm. and just so i can kind of get my head around the business as a business how do you guys get paid where's the revenue come from 
it's a very simple model. It's like many marketplaces. It's the, the small difference between the buyer and the seller. So in this case, the difference between what a client pays to employ the worker and what the worker gets paid. Mm -hmm. Is there a target type of work or worker or employer or anything that you're aiming at? So a lot of our current clients are local government. Within that kind of scope, we support pretty much every kind of role you can imagine. Everything from lots of frontline services like care workers and refuse workers, chefs, catering, right the way through to project people, IT. You know, we've placed the odd chief executive. So it really is kind of the end-to-end process. And, and that's where a lot of it is. And we are growing the business wider than local government. So we're working in care homes, charities, universities, and increasingly kind of coming into the private sector as well in terms of I think there's opportunities there for us to help private sector clients that have the same challenges of trying to source and manage and control and ensure compliance in their temporary workforce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to spend a bit of time talking about strategy and purpose. But before we really get into that, how do you define organizational purpose and how's it different from, if it's different from mission or vision? Or I spent a dozen years as a strategic consultant, right? So I've had lots of these debates. The purpose for me is super important in how we think about what it is we do, how we feel about ourselves to some degree. And then at the same time, at a very practical level, how it should be helping us shape our priorities. And then the mission for me is a little bit more focused version of that that's perhaps a little bit more specific and measurable that just enables you to know when you got to the next stage of that journey. Over time, I wouldn't expect the purpose to drastically change, but I would expect the mission to kind of evolve over time as the organization grows and evolves. So for us, our purpose is really simple, right? We are determined, passionate, care about connecting people to work. And everybody in the business has got their own reasons as to why that's important to them. For me, I'm an economist and a capitalist, and I think the more people that are in work, the better the world will be. You know, there are lots of economic, social, personal, all those kind of gains that are great. And I hate the phrase, but it's a good North Star. It's a good guiding principle then on how we prioritize who we can work with, where we spend our money at a macro level in terms of, okay, where do we think we want to invest and how do we do that? So there's the two things that I feel good, that our purpose is good and doing things for the economy, for people, for the, however you want to describe it. And at the same time, it's actually quite a useful practical tool when we look at opportunities to invest to kind of go, is this moving us in the right direction? Is this helping us connect more people to more work opportunities? Because it's really easy to get distracted as an organization. And that's slightly different to how we describe our mission. Uh, And our mission is to continually try to double the amount of people we put into work. That's our current sort of manifestation of our mission. That's what we're trying to achieve at the moment. Let's double the number of people we connect to work and then let's see what happens. Maybe once we've achieved that, we'll double it again, right? Or maybe we'll pivot, swing, tweak, nudge or something to do something slightly different. Who knows? But at the moment, that'll keep us busy for the next two or three years, I would have thought. Sure. How do you go about identifying or developing that purpose? And was it more a process of discovery or invention? Oh, okay. That's a good question. I think it was probably more discovery than invention in our case. I've not been in the business that long. I've been there eight months now, nine months. Um, But most of my management team have been in the business a long time. So 
they know the business intimately. And, and some of the management team have, have literally, you know, started at the bottom of the organization and now directors and many of them have been there more than 10 years, but had never really sat down and thought about the purpose, right, as a group. And I think that's perfectly natural when you've got a, you know, a founder created business and a founder with a strong personality and a drive that actually a lot of that purpose and drive and clarity just comes naturally from the founder right that driven through right and then you know there was a transaction and private and he's moved on and private equity and all those kind of things which is sort of how i've come into the scene that's an opportunity to both reset but it's also a bit of a risk that the organization without it could drift for a little while right because without that strong founder-led leader view of the world it, it could and so you know, pretty quickly, I say, I've only been there, you know, sort of eight, nine months, and we've already spent quite a lot of time as a leadership team thinking through this. And I know when I, I first spoke to you, I was like, not quite sure what the answer is to that building, right? We need to think about it, right? Um, and we've done a lot of work as a leadership group. And, and really, a lot of it's just sitting around the table and talking about what we're proud of and why we come to work and trying to unpick, because it's super easy to talk about a business in all the normal terms, in terms of, yes, we've grown 40% and we've got this many clients and this many employees. Yeah, it's easy, right? The harder part actually is senior leaders, you know, to be probably a bit more open and transparent in how they feel about the place. That was the kind of the work I've done. You know, I've spent some time working with the management team on is just to try and get under the skin a bit, get behind the thinking a little bit. It was really interesting. We ran some workshops and sort of they came to the end of the workshop process and I had the management team split into a couple of groups Sort of working independently we sort of came together to do a contrast and compare like you often do with these things and they both pretty much come to an identical answer you know which was we just love you know connecting people to these opportunities to get a job right you know and that's sort of how we've worked it through hmm. what i've kind of got from what you said in terms of the process is it was you and the senior management team a number of workshops facilitated by you and it took three or four months uh, no, we did it quite intense. It was about a month. Oh, okay. So much quicker. I, I wanted to push through it quite quickly, and we did. It was about a month we kind of went from sort of first workshop to final outcome. And, and why did you decide to focus on purpose? You know, what made that feel to you like that was an important thing to spend time on? Yeah, it's a good question because there's so much going on day to day that actually we could easily fill our time. You know, there's no shortage of things to do. There's a couple of things. There's the there's the sort of the practical reason why it's important and the emotional reason, right? In terms of actually, in the absence of a you know a strong founder personality, I, I wanted to be really clear on what was bringing us all back together as as a as a leadership group and, a, and as a company, doing what the founder told us to do. Right? That's no longer good enough. You know, we're still forming, frankly, as a leadership team. And that's a great time to kind of bring that out. And it just sets a foundation that we can all now work from. So when we get into the stickier things that we've now got to go talk about, like doing the budget, you know, we're just in a budgeting process, right? And so now you know, we're starting to have a few tough conversations about, well, that's not quite good enough or we can't afford to do all of those things at once. And and sort of rather than have that slightly unstructured emotional battle, you know, being really clear on the purpose is one of the really important measures that enables us to, Take a bit of emotion out of that debate and just be really clear on, well, you know, option A is really going to help move us forward against what we've said on the purpose. Option B, yeah, it is, but it's not quite as good. We should probably go on option A, right? And it just helps bring everybody back to that point. Of, this is what we've all said is why we're doing this. So 
let's try and you know put our money where our mouth is. If that's your purpose, if you can sum it up simply, what's your strategy? The strategy is really, really very straightforward. We need to first and foremost keep our existing clients really happy. We've got a lot of very good clients who have some long-term relationships and not having a leaky bucket of clients makes everything else possible. That's number one priority. We've then got to go and win some new clients. And, you know, so we've historically been very, very strong in local authority and we're starting to win elsewhere. The focus of the growth is to win elsewhere because we think there's an opportunity. Uh, and then we've also got to bring some new services and propositions to the market because we think there are opportunities to grow our sort of share of wallet, for want of a better term. So they're the three core pillars of the strategy, not rocket science, very simple, right? And they're underpinned by three core enablers for the business. I, I think we're a good place to work, but I don't think we're quite yet a great place to work. So I'd like us to be one. So there's a lot of focus and work on how we drive engagement and all of the things that we need to be to be an awesome place to work. I think we've got to grow and drive our reputation as a market leader. You know, we've got some awesome clients, awesome technology, amazing data, well over half a billion pounds a year of salaries go through our business across the whole of the UK. We've, we've got a pretty good idea what's going on in terms of pay rates and availabilities and all that kind of stuff. And we don't leverage that at all at the moment. And so we're going to try and grow our reputation. And we're going to try and win some awards and do all those things. So again, I think that's a great foundation. And then the uh, third foundation pillar is, is actually, we, you know, we want to continue to invest in our technology, our platform, the thing that creates the marketplaces that we work through. Um, and so those six buckets are in effect at a, at a high level, the strategy for the business. Keep our clients, get some more, sell them all some more things, right? Be brilliant for our people. Let the whole world know how awesome we are and continue to invest in the technology that makes it all possible. It's quite that simple. Yeah, I'm a big fan of simple. If you can't explain it, then how's anybody going to know what it is? The new services, are these new ways to get people into jobs or are they sort of new ways to get revenue from the getting of people into jobs? It's a bit of both. I mean, we, we do want to derive new revenue from the new services. We think there are some interesting opportunities that are just in the market. One of the things we're looking at launching is our own umbrella company. Many of you, you know, you're familiar with an umbrella company at the moment. It's a sort of personal services company that enables you to go and work in different places. Actually, that market is super fragmented at the moment. There's some good companies. There are some less good companies. There's risk around personal tax and all sorts of things that go on. And actually, we think there's an opportunity to try and sort of do that all a little bit differently. And in doing so, help us get access to and work with more people via our agency partners in a way that just simplifies the process. So one of the barriers to work is just the complexity of it all and tax and all that stuff. So if we can do it in a way that's really simple, really cheap, really you know straightforward, we think that's you know, a good enabler of connecting people to work. It's helpful that it will drive some revenue for us because we are a commercial organization at the end of the day, but actually it enables us to achieve both goals. Mm -hmm. And so the way you came up with your purpose was a month or thereabouts of some conversations with your top team and them kind of going out and engaging with the organization. The strategy, how'd you come up with that? And if I'm really honest, uh, you know, I've probably sat down and written most of it. It's an area where I'm reasonably strong, given my experience. I think it's an important part of my job in terms of trying to create that strategic framework that the team can work around. Unlike dogs, you know, a strategy can just be for Christmas. It isn't forever. 
we are just kicking off a new process that's more inclusive of the team and others to revamp the strategy and review it. I, I think the strategy as currently articulated is broadly right, right, but there are other things that are not included in that strategy that we need to think about. So at the moment, we've got sort of my brain dump of what I think we need to do, and then we'll, we'll, it, there will be another iteration in a few months' time, which will change or not what we've said. And how explicit as you go through that next iteration, are you going to be about, you know, here's a, the purpose is kind of the foundation of everything, or is it that, you know, it's good for people to know, but actually we're going to take a slightly different approach to how we do the strategy? It's the wrapper that sets that. So, you know, none of what we'll explore, you know, strategically or we'll invest any time in is it would be something that isn't about connecting people to work. That's not what we're doing. So we're not a recruitment consultant. We don't generally deal with the candidates themselves, nor do we have any ambition to. That's what recruitment consultants do and agencies do. That's why we're connecting people. There are some subtlety and semantics in the choice of words to give us, I sort of think about the, uh, you know, the, the guide rails on the bowling alley, uh, you know, that, that we, you know, occasionally we're going to bounce off, but it should always get us back to being on target. And as you've been developing this purposeful strategy, what surprised you along the way? I was quite surprised actually at how aligned everybody was. <laughs> I think the reason we got it done quite as quickly as we did was because actually there wasn't a huge amount of difference in how people were thinking. Going into the process, I probably would have assumed it would have taken three or four months because it's, you know, you've got much more disparate views, right? So so um, I think that's probably the biggest surprise is that actually it was, it was it was pretty easy, you know, to get people aligned and on board. So so what was the most difficult part of it? I think probably then translating that into what that pragmatically means. So what do we need to change? Because actually, again, let's be honest, we could write a purpose, stick it in our PowerPoint slide and then put it in a drawer and never see it again. Uh, many years ago when I was running a consulting team the challenge I always used to have for the team and then our client engagements was the test right, as to whether the work was any good or not. Was Would, would anybody notice? Because, again, I'd spent long enough as a consultant to know that you'd go in, do a piece of work, you'd print out your PowerPoint, you'd get your sign-off, and then often six times out of ten, seven times out of ten, the client would go, thank you very much, and put it on the shelf and it'd never be seen again, right? Anything you do, you know, somebody's got to notice. Otherwise, frankly, just, you know, do, do something else, right? Uh, and so th that was the hardest piece. And in the short term, it's led us to a decision around where we want to invest and how we want to expand some of our efforts in social value work. We also come into contact and support our clients with a lot of people who struggle to get into the, the job chain, right? So that's guiding us. Then. Well, how do we how do we bring help support, bring more of those people in experimenting, talking to some technology partners about how we might be able to do that at scale and all sorts of really cool things. And, you know, that's you know one practical thing about, okay, that's really helped us. We're also going to, about to um, uh, sort of launch a bit of a rebrand of the business just to try and simplify it and make it clearer about, how what we've created, how the marketplaces that we've created achieve our goal. Because at the moment, it's not that clear. You know, we're, we're called Matrix SCM at the moment, right? which is Matrix Supply Chain Management. That hasn't really got a fat lot to do with connecting people to work, right? So we're kind of working through how we're going to change the balance of emphasis around how we work as a business and, and how we brand ourselves. Has it, has it shifted at all the way your leadership team behaves or haven't really noticed that? Not yet. Again, it's a new team, right? So it's very shiny, right? But I have noticed a couple of them when I've been in a meeting with them with clients, 
starting to use it and for a purpose i'm slightly nervous in saying this because this sounds really mercenary right because actually it's quite a useful tool in having a discussion with a client about just reframing the argument we didn't deliver this or we got this wrong you know and you know you can genuinely sit in front of a client and say look look i think we're all agreed here what we want to do is get more people into work right so we're all aligned on that so we've got it wrong in this particular occasion, but it's not because we're either unpleasant people and we don't care or whatever it is. We do care, really matters to us. You know, we're sorry and we'll fix it. We'll do better next time. It adds a bit of humanity to the organization that otherwise it just becomes a bit of a service level agreement review. You were at 97 and you promised 90, you know, whatever the, you know, it, it just becomes a very cold kind of thing. It's a very black and white thing where actually, if we're all agreed and aligned on this is what we're trying to achieve and trying to make a difference together, then actually it can really help. And starting to see a couple of, it's not you know, not common yet, but starting to see a couple of instances where that's started to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the things you're pointing to there is certainly close to my heart, which is the ability of a clearly defined purpose to draw people together. Yeah, I hope so. I'm blessed to have a really great team, both in terms of my direct reports and the wider leadership community and the wider organisation. I think we're a, a really great bunch of people. I'm describing them as a bunch of people rather than a team. And so I think that's our next challenge, right, is to how we harness the purpose and other things around how we really come together as a team uh, to drive the business forward. I can't do it on my own. The people in the company can't do it individually on their own. The only thing we can do is to do it together. Mm-hmm. Um if at all, have you been changed through grappling with all of this? What what maybe have you learned? I don't know. It's a good question. It's not been very long yet. I think it, it's reminded me how important work is. I really do believe that being in work is a good thing in terms of just the impact it can have on people. The more senior you become, sometimes you can forget that because it becomes a lifestyle rather than a job to some degree. And you're in a relatively privileged position in terms of, you know, package and all those kind of things that is seeing the volumes of workers that are out there that, you know, that we place that are on 12, you know, 12 pound an hour, 13 pound, you know, doing like incredibly important jobs, children's social care, carers in in old people's, all that stuff, right? That just, you know, should all frankly be paid more if jobs are based on worth and contribution. You know, so I think that has and is seeping into my bloodstream in working with the clients and starting to get to know the whole thing. You know, it's really interesting. Personal change and changing how you think and your outlook on the world or all those kind of things. That's a that's a slow process of osmosis. Unless I have a near-death experience or something like that where I suddenly have one of those moments where I decide to change. I think for the for the rest of the time, most people, it, it is a slow process of um, os, osmosis. But the important part of that, for me, is to try and make that a conscious process rather than an unconscious process, to try and take the time to sit back and reflect and, and notice the change in yourself. Um, I don't do it enough, but I do do it a little bit. Actually, frankly, it's one of the reasons I sometimes do these interviews. Not very often you get an opportunity to talk about these things, right? Because there's so much else going on. I always come away from you know these processes with a new insight or a new thought or something out that's a bit like, oh yeah, okay, I, I, I hadn't thought of it that way before, right? And, and it's sort of it's always a very valuable process. Hmm. It's good to hear. Um, what advice would you give to? Uh, you know, another business leader who was wrestling with their organization's purpose and how to connect that to their strategy? Where would I start? I mean, I'd start with keep it simple. Simplicity is the enabler to most things in reality. The more complicated you make it, the harder it is to, to actually do something with it. 
I think it's just asking yourself, why did you take the job or why are you in the job? Why do you get up every day? Why? You know, rarely is it because I need the money or a ticket for a leader, right? You know, when you get to a leadership position, you've generally got some choices. So, yeah, just trying to really understand that, right, I, I think is, is the starting point. Then it's about process, right? So I'm fortunate, having spent, you know, a reasonably long time as a hopefully a reasonably good consultant in the strategy space, doing a lot of this to clients i was pretty clear on how to run a process and what needs to be done uh n- not every not every leader is in that position right they probably have real jobs <laughs> rather than powerpoint based management consultant jobs um, but actually get somebody to help right because it, it isn't an easy process the process does need facilitating and to be both the chief exec and the facilitator of a process is a little bit of a conflict of interest in reality because I think my team are so good and flexible and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think to some degree, my leadership style, which is pretty open, and I think I was able to get away with it. But I'm putting it down as I got away with it rather than it's necessarily the right thing to do. And so, yeah, I find somebody that you trust, uh, that you sort of religiously agree with. Actually, let me just let me qualify that statement that you can work with. And that the qualification I put on that is actually just be really wary of, of hiring a consultant in your own image. Uh, you know, actually, some of the best you know consultants I've worked with initially I've not liked at all I'm like oh god they're too slow because I'm like I'm super delivery focused come on get this done come on come on right actually what I need in that process is somebody that's going to slow me down and make me think about it and think about the emotional side of it and all that stuff right I'm not instantly going to connect with that person however some of the best experiences I've had been with those people where I've either, as I've become more mature and, and more sort of in more recognition of my own failings, where I've, I've gone, actually, yeah, he or she, yeah, are, are actually probably what I need. Just stop it, Mark, right? What you don't need is another, you know, get stuff done lunatic. So that's my qualification of that statement. Right? I find somebody that you like. Actually, you might want to find somebody you don't like, but somebody who's good at it to help you through that process. Well, you know, if, if you were up for it, I'd love to come back in a year or so and just hear how things have gotten on, see see where the purpose is and how the strategy might have changed. I'd be delighted. I think we feel very lucky to be, you know, running a business that has got, you know, actually our biggest, biggest challenge at the moment is, right, which order are we going to do all these different things in? Because there are so many things we could do. <laughs> there's so many growth opportunities there's so much that we could actually do that's great you know where on earth do we start you know i've been in other businesses where you know you're a bit like oh christ <laughs> what are we going to do now right so you know i'd rather be where i am than some of the places i've been from that perspective and i think the purpose stuff will help guide us as we make some of those decisions sure sure well mark uh, let me let me say thank you for joining us and particularly thank you for both your clarity about how you took things forward and how you made it happen but also just your openness about kind of where you are and what you see both the challenges and the opportunities being thanks for joining us no, no, my pleasure. Thank you for the time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Purposeful Strategist. Please email any questions or suggestions to belden at mancus.com. In addition to being available on our website, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed this episode, we release a new episode weekly don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again, and join us soon for the next episode of The Purposeful Strategist.